Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series, Help My Unbelief. In this series, we dive into one of the most challenging topics in the Christian walk, doubt. Not only is doubt natural, but we believe that by grounding ourselves in the truth of God's Word, the Lord will use our doubts to quicken us back to Himself. Over these four weeks, we hope to unearth what it looks like to grow in uncertainty, clinging to Christ while walking alongside Christian community. Please turn to your, in your Bibles to chapter 9, Mark chapter 9. And if you do not have a Bible, there's one in the pew right in front of you. If you don't have one at home, you can take it with you. That's our gift to you. Today we'll be reading verses 20 through 26. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire, or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit, that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, BG. Appreciate that. Man, what an adventure it has been so far today. Yeah. Almost lost an elder and three baptism candidates. <laughs> you know it's okay to have fun and laugh, right? Because guess what? No matter how you go under, <laughs> uh, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go home, guys. It's over. <laughs> Just kidding. The meaning of baptism isn't lost. We're still buried with Christ and risen in newness of life. Hey, three people are leaving here today declaring Jesus is the Lord of their life. That's something to be excited about. Woo! I don't know what, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know what's coming next. I, I'm going to preach this, I'm going to do my best to bring you the word, but I don't know what's going to happen. That's, that's, how, that's, that's, that's how it is um, sometimes. Um, turning your Bibles to Mark 9, if you haven't already, I want to make sure you're there. I want you to stay there. I want you to know that what we're talking about today isn't some preacher's rantings. 
Um, what we're talking about today isn't conjecture. What we're talking about today is the word of God and how it applies to you. We've spent, this is week number three, and we've been talking about for three weeks one of the most difficult topics in church. And what is that? Doubt. Something we've all faced, something we've all seen um, in others, and, and we've been wrestling with it. And today's story, I believe, is going to help us anymore. The very first week, we said that we will use our doubts to pursue God. That's what we said week one. We said, hey, when doubt creeps in, when I start having questions, when things, you know when doubt creeps in? We talked about it. When our expectations aren't met, you know when else doubt creeps in? Repeated disappointment. Anybody been disappointed? That's when doubt in marriage creeps in. That's when doubt in our friendships creep in. When we're repeatedly disappointed and we begin to ask ourselves, is this really what it was all cracked up to be in the first place? It is the same with God when we find ourselves in life in a state of disappointment. Now, what I will say is that most of our disappointments on earth is because someone has failed us. Most of our disappointments with God are because we have wrong expectations. Because what do we know about God? God never fails. So today, uh, we said, instead of running away when we have doubts, we're gonna use our doubts to pursue Jesus. And last week, we said we will let God change our perspective and expectations. So if I'm disappointed, if I'm doubting, the problem isn't with God, the problem is right here. All of us need to reconcile that today. Michael! Hey! What's up, boy? I hear you out there. Michael and Miss Brenda, hey, Tammy. Look, I'm seeing all kinds of folk come back to church. It gets me all stirred up. Man, it's good to see you, brother. You look good, too. <laughs> um. So the problem isn't with God. The problem is right here. That's where we should look. And so as we look at doubts today, um, we're looking at the story of a man uh, who had a demon possessed, a sick child. And the big idea for today is that we can believe God and struggle to believe at the same time. You can believe God and struggle to believe at the same time. But Jesus will accept us even in our struggle. We'll see that right here today. Let me catch you up to where we are. Um, right at the beginning of this chapter, we see the transfiguration. Everybody say transfiguration. That's fun to say. Okay, good. You're awake. At the transfiguration, Jesus took three of his disciples, headed up a mountaintop, 
and Jesus was glorified, and then we saw Elijah and Moses show up. FYI, if you don't read the Bible, Elijah and Moses had died hundreds of years prior. So it's a big deal that they're showing up on a mountaintop. That wasn't the miracle, and I don't have time to teach on the transfiguration, but something happened up there. And so they're coming back from this mountain. Anybody ever had a mountaintop experience? It doesn't have to be in church, but just, I mean, you just feel great, like you're winning it all. Yeah. So they come back from this mountaintop experience. And as they come down the mountain, they see a crowd. And this crowd has religious folks. We've probably got some in here. Uh Uh-oh. And we have non-believers. We have a sick child and a father and the other disciples. So three disciples are up here. The rest of the disciples had come down. And as Jesus is coming down the mountain, he sees this crowd. He walks up to the crowd, and and in the previous text here, we read 20 through 26, and in verse 14, we see they come down, they saw a large crowd, and Jesus asked this question, which I'm sure we would all ask, what's going on? And a father speaks up, a parent. Out of desperation, a parent shouts from the crowd, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. And we see this picture of Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, he gets frustrated. Look at what Jesus says. You faithless people, how long must I be with you in verse 19? How long must I put up with you? You got any of those people in your life? How long? Look at my six-year-old. How long? Twelve more years. No. Y'all know how kids are. They come and go for generations, you know. They just come and go. I'm living with my in-laws right now. Uh, I'm homeless, so here we are. That's, I'll tell you more about that plan later. Kids never go away. Um, so Jesus gets frustrated and he says, you faithless people. He didn't, you know what he didn't say? He didn't say you powerless people. No. He said you faithless people. You see, the problem wasn't power here. The problem was faith. You know, that's, that's, that's the case in most of our tr- Christian walk is that it's not that we aren't empowered to do things. It's that we don't even have the faith that God is who he says he is. Okay, so this is where we're at. This is where we find ourselves in the story. And I must ask you one question. Have you ever been desperate? 
for me, most of my desperation comes around hunger. I'm always desperately hungry. Oh, nobody else? Okay, well, that's, I'm desperately hungry all the time. My wife asks, are you hungry? Why are you asking that question? Of course I'm hungry. Of course. But sometimes desperation can go deeper than that. Desperation can go to the point of I'm desperate financially. I'm desperate for my marriage to work out. I'm, I'm desperate for this relationship to be fixed. I'm, I'm desperate for God to do something with whatever particular situation you're thinking of. I want you to think of it right now. What, think back to a situation where you were just desperate. You had tried it all. And that's where we find this father today, desperate. Jesus met this father right where he is, and we saw in 20, so Jesus got, he said, how long am I gonna have to put up with you faithless people? And then he says, bring the boy to me. Hmm. Bring the boy to me. And so they bring the boy over. This is wild. Look, if you don't read the Bible, you need to read the Bible because this story is picture them bringing this boy around to Jesus. And as soon as that demon-possessed boy sees Jesus, that spirit freaks out and casts this boy into another convulsion. Now, most, I, I should probably mention this, most of what we see here, um, I don't want people to be confused. I don't want people to be confused. Um, in this situation, this boy was, the, there was a spirit using a physical ailment to cripple this boy. All the symptoms you see here, mute, convulsing on the ground, what does that sound like? Epilepsy, right? Consistent with grand mal seizures. Um, let, let me tell you something. I remember a day and time where I used to have Christian people tell me if I had a physical ailment, it's because I, I had some kind of spirit on me. That's a lie from the pits of hell. You can't take this one scripture and pull it way out and then just apply it to everything, okay? That's also gonna be the case a few verses down in 23. People take anything as possible if a person believes and turn God into some genie. God is not your genie. So people will take this story out of context Pluck this one verse out and say, oh, anything's possible for me. If I just believe what I want, it'll happen. Well, the rest of Scripture would not comply with that. I think Job would have jumped out of some situations. I'm thinking the disciples, Jesus himself was in the Garden of Gethsemane, about to die on a cross for you. And he said, not my will. If, if, he, if you would, Father, take this cup from me. But not my will, but yours. You see, it's not just, let me get God to do what I want. But it, and it's not in believing in what you want. It's, it's, the point here is anyone, anything is possible for the person who believes 
in Jesus. Okay? Anyway, let me get off that boat real quick. We see a desperate father. Okay? See a desperate father. Lays his son out before Jesus. The spirit freaks out. <laughs> and Jesus asks a very curious question to me. He, he asks this question. Jesus asks, how long has this been happening? Jesus is God. Jesus knows how long this has been happening. Then why does he ask? Because Jesus cares and has compassion for his people, for his creation. He didn't have to ask that, but he was giving this father a chance to pour out his situation. Did you, God knows exactly what's going on in your life, but that shouldn't keep you from pouring your heart out to him because it develops a, a certain type of relationship. And this man grows in faith because Jesus asked him this question. He replied and said, He's, this has been happening since he was a boy. And then he says something real interesting. He says, have mercy on us and help us if you can. And Jesus, you can almost hear, what do you mean if you can? What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And this next verse is the reason we're having this series today. This father, desperate. He's, I'm sure he's gone to every uh, medical facility, every doctor. Every, ev he's gone to every length. Have you ever gone to lengths to try and fix something and it just won't fix? I'm reminded today, um, Kirsten's family has a young lady named April, ravaged with cancer. Loves the Lord, serves him faithfully. Gone to every doctor's appointment and tried every, done everything asked. And her last doctor's appoint, uh, appointment didn't go well. Got bad news? It's when you see situations like that. And, and I don't know if April's watching today. They're probably having church. They have church up in them hills. I mean, like real church. Some of y'all be scared to go there. Uh-huh. Yeah. They don't do snakes or anything. But I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is they have a good time. It's in those situations, hear, hear this, hear me today. It's, it's in those times where you just wonder. When everything's falling apart, you just wonder, what, what's the point? What's the point? And so this man says this epic line, probably one of the most epic lines in the Bible, and he says, the father instantly cried out, I can hear the, the, the groan of his voice, the exhaustion from taking care of this kid and his son, the one whom he cares and loves for, and he cries out, I do believe. 
Help my unbelief. What's he saying? What's he saying? He's saying, I, I know who you are. I know what you can do. I, t- I do believe. Can you help my unbelief? Literally, in the Greek, the Greek word is apostila, uh, uh, apostia. It's literally, it's translated unbelief. And it means weak in faith. He hasn't abandoned the Lord. He hasn't abandoned faith. His, way, his faith has been beaten and tried by a Genesis 3 world. It brings us to this question, can God handle our struggles? Can God handle our struggles? Have you, ask your, don't, don't, think about your life today. Now, some of us aren't, aren't struggling today, and so you're, you're, you're hearing this message, and maybe you're thinking back to a time when um, uh, life was tough, or possibly, ooh, watch that. I heard that hissing. It was annoying the fire out of me. So, Was that annoying anybody else? Okay, good, good. I made a good decision. I'm telling you, things are loose around here, fast and loose. Come back for next week. Come back next week. I'm sure it'll get even crazier. I'm, I'm feeling this guy in big ways this morning. I do believe. Help my unbelief. And so Jesus sees the crowd gathering. People are, people are drawn to what's going on here. And Jesus heals this boy. He looks at this spirit and he says, you come out of him. Don't you go back. And according to the text here, this kid goes into another convulsion. The spirit throws him to the ground and he looks dead. And I can see it. I can see it. Use your imagination for just a second to picture Jesus walking up to this limp body on the ground and he grabs a hold of his hand and helps him to his feet. I grew up in church. Some of you didn't. I grew up in church. I probably heard a sermon on every verse in this Bible. And can I tell you today, <laughs> I remember. I remember when I said to the Lord, I, I believe, I've heard about you, I know who you are. Help my unbelief and he. I remember when he grabbed my hand. I remember when I looked dead. I remember when I couldn't do anything on my own. I remember when I thought I could, I, I could white knuckle whatever it was and make it better. I thought I could hide it. I thought I could, I could just fake it till I make it and I couldn't do it anymore and I remember him. I remember Jesus in his love and compassion. 
reached down his hand and he pulled me up. Not of my own will. Not in my own power. But by his grace, says the Lord. Can I tell you, um, Jesus can handle all your struggles. He can. He can handle it today. Am I preaching a message to you that uh, when you leave here, that Jesus is going to fix all your ailments? I can't say that. He did for this young man. But for every miracle Jesus did where he healed somebody, I can point to someone else in Scripture he didn't heal. So what's the point? The point is this. This father realized that he could doubt in the open and he could bring his doubts to a compassionate savior who would meet him right where he is and respond And the church has been some of the worst. Some churches are the worst places to go with your doubts. Christians can be so hard with each other because, I, I don't know, we sometimes have a theology that leaves no room for questioning, that leaves no room for struggle. We see faith as unwavering loyalty, no questions asked. But can I tell you that Christian community is and should be the place where you can come in here. You can come to me and I'm not going to think anything less of you because of your doubts. In fact, I'm just going to pray with you and ask God to relieve them. Not in a fixing of your situation, but in a believing in him. Despite it. As the band comes back, I'm going to get ready to close here. I read this quote. I want to read it to you. Peter N. says, how the community treats you, talking about Christian community, is a very powerful way of connecting or not connecting with God. You're either walking towards him or away. And and hear me, church. We are either encouraging people towards Jesus or pushing them away. Yeah. So what are you doing? Think of the people in your life. The saved ones, the non-saved ones. The ones who are nice to you and the ones who aren't. And think about your interactions. Are, are, you, are the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart acceptable in his sight? Are you encouraging people towards him or away from him? Because you're doing one or the other. Even in your apathy and doing nothing, you're still allowing people to drift away from him. That's not how Christians should be. <laughs> Here's another quote for you. Dallas Willard did an interview about doubt, and I love this. He says, it is possible to go to heaven with a lot of doubt. 
And it's also possible to go to hell with a lot of certainty. People do it every day. Let that sink in for a second. I would rather bring my doubts to Jesus than to pretend that I'm something that I'm not and that, oh, there, what did Jesus say? Jesus said there's gonna be lots of folks who approach the kingdom, the, approach him one day and say, Lord, Lord, look at what I've done in your name. And he's gonna be, he's gonna say, get away from me. You worker of evil, I don't even know you. There are tons of people who sit in church pews every single Sunday who do not know the Lord. You've heard this before. <laughs> and I think I've said it probably before, but sitting in this pew makes you saved or makes you a Christian just about as much as sitting in a garage makes you a car. God showed compassion to this father in his struggle, in his doubt. And we as a church have the opportunity to show that same compassion. So what, week number one, we're gonna take our doubts and we're gonna use them to pursue Jesus. Now week number two, we're gonna let God change our perspective. Let him change our expectations because the problem's with me, not him. And this week, we will not hide our doubt, but will bring our unbelief before a loving God. We did a song a couple weeks ago that says, come all ye weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry, drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Can I tell you today, that Jesus is beckoning you with all your doubts, every bit of your struggle, every, right where you are, he is drawing you. If you're watching online today, he is saying, I came and I died for you while you were yet a sinner. At your very worst, he died for you. He's not waiting for you to straighten up to save you. No, he'll save you right where you are. There is no chasm too deep. There is no life too grungy. There's no marriage too messed up. Hear me, there's no cancer strong enough. Let me tell you, Jesus is Lord of it all. And I'm just convinced, I'm convinced I'm gonna believe in him no matter what I see in front of me. I'm just gonna believe him. I'm just gonna believe him today and I'm asking you to do the same thing. Would you bow your heads this morning? Father, I'm so thankful that I can bring every one of my concerns to you. I can bring my unbelief. I can bring my doubt. I can bring all my worry. I can bring it all to you and lay it at your feet because you said you care for us. So this morning, every doubt that's in this room, Father, today I ask that you would subdue it, that you would turn their eyes away from the situation and on to you. Because, Father, I know that when my eyes are on you, everything else diminishes. Everything else fades into the background because of how great and good and big and powerful you are. I believe in you today. I believe, 
Father, today, would you help our unbelief? Would you help our unbelief? Even when the situation isn't fixing, would you help my unbelief? Help us today to turn our eyes on you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.